Hello and get ready. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Pastor Steve Castle of Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois is about to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine, perfectly orchestrated destiny for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to Pastor Steve. I planned on doing something that I'm not doing today. So I was redirected, thank God, by the Holy Spirit. Um, this is not my church. <laughs> um, you did not come to the church of Steve Castle. My name's not on the building, never will be. I've already, I don't, I don't like to put the name on the building and people, oh, well, this is where so-and-so is. If Jesus isn't enough to get you in the building, Dear Jesus, my name shouldn't get you in the building. If you come to a building because my name's on it, and you don't go to a building because his name's on it, (laughs) you need help. (laughs) Lots of it. This is not my church. This is his church and his people. And I'm one of the peeps. What I'm doing right here is no more or less important than anybody else in this body. I know some of you agree with that doctrinally, but you don't actually agree with that in actuality. Because you limit yourself and your ability as to what you're doing. Before service, the worship team and the the early workers that were here, we all pray and we always declare things over. And I laid hands on every one of them and I said, I ordain you. Today. I anoint you today. I empower you by grace today through the Spirit of God to accomplish what you need to do in ministry to the saints. There's like 15 secret little mini-agents that are all filtered in among you. You don't even know who they are. But they're looking at you right now and there's grace that's flowing out of them. There's anointing that's flowing out of them. There's desire and love that's flowing out of them towards you. Don't look around. But it's happening. I am not the spirit-filled pastor of a church. I'm the shepherd of a spirit-filled church. Amen. Amen. You, <laughs> you are as important as the one here today as I am, maybe more so. And I'd love to minister on that, but I can't. Because I want to do the Holy Spirit redirected me to do, to do something um, a little bit more... Uh, never mind. I won't. I won't spill the beans. I will tell you this. Next week, if you if you have people that would like to get some clarity on the uh, on the political climate and what one of the ways that we are called to influence society, which is through um, demanding our government do things that we want them to do through voting, um, ask them to come with you next week. I'm going to go down. Um, some of the very, very important parts of our process in this democratic republic that we call the United States of America. And um, I'm not going to get political for all of you people that have some, like, oh, my God, uh, 
I am going to tell us how to influence the political world so we can take it back for the kingdom and save people from the destruction that tyranny wants to bring into their lives. So I hope that you understand what I'm saying. Jesus has a lot to say about the status of the world. Please go to John chapter 3 in your Bible. If you do not have a Bible, we would love to give you one. Please raise your hand. We have paper Bibles. Uh, for the younger generation, that was a book that had leaves of things made from trees. <laughs> I know, it's strange. But we, we used to use those. We would learn things. Oh, just a video from YouTube. If you would like a Bible, please raise your hand. We'll be happy to give you one forever. Or at least until it falls apart. In John chapter 3, in verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned. Because he has not believed in the name, the nature, the character, the essence, the authority, the honor of the only begotten Son. I would have no problem, none, divesting myself into completely filleting these verses wide open for everyone to partake. But it would... 12 to 16 hours to do that. So I have to be focused. Someone gave me a word today. Focus. Dead downs. Where is she? She's another one of those secret. He said focus. And it made a ton of sense to me. She probably didn't know. But it made a ton of sense to me because me talking about John 3.16 is like water to a water buffalo. The first thing I want to talk about is the obviously the famous verse 16 is followed by a verse that is no more, no less important to the heart of God. It's funny how the, the brokenness of humanity is drawn certain directions, and it's universal. 
when oftentimes what you think you need is not what you need. What you actually need is what he has to give you. But like mom said, the know-it-alls, know-it-all makes it all. In 7, the lesser famous John 3, it says, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be sozo. The word saved in the Greek is it's used 108 times in the New Testament, and that word sozo is translated in some verses healed. When it said that Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, Acts 10.38, it said Jesus went about doing good and sozoing all that were oppressed by the devil. If you call yourself saved in this place, (laughs) amen, (laughs) what you are calling yourself is healed. I can't stay, I really can't stay here. I can't because I know what the Holy Spirit has for me. But you are no more forgiven of your sins than you are healed. No less, no more. You are no more and no less delivered from anything that could try to entrap or imprison you. You are no more or no less delivered than you are saved. Then you are healed. You are no more, no less protected. That's another way the word sozo was used in the New Testament. Why do we think that saved means forgiven of sins? Only. Because religion has taken three quarters of the power of it away and said, well, that healing stuff, that passed away with the apostles. That deliverance stuff, that's only... Because that's where all the demons are. (laughs) Says all the people that are on antidepressants and... (laughs) See, I looked up at the camera. (laughs) I'm getting better at this. Hey, balcony folks. God bless you. Hey, baby. I haven't seen my wife in three days. (laughs) Praise Jesus. You are no more protected. Listen to me, people who think that you're in a pandemic. You are no more protected than you are forgiven of your sins. Jesus didn't come to show you the perfect son. I have have three brothers, one little and two older. And brothers, if you're a guy and you have brothers, you have this, which is, who's the best one? And we, I know, like we all probably all know, 
Uh, we don't have to rub it. In. Don't call them. I'd, I'd do it for you. Um, but you want to be the best. At least guys. I don't know how gals are because I didn't have a sister and I didn't grow up around a bunch of gals. I hope that exists in gals. But in guys for sure, like, you know, you, your, your brother's not going to do you. Like, if he can. <laughs> One of my big brothers was really good on a BMX bike. And so I needed to be really good on a BMX bike because John, that was my older brother, like he was my hero. He he was. If there was a cool guy on earth, like they bowed down to John because John was like the cool guy. I mean, he had hair down to the middle of his back. He was he was hairbrand. I know. I know. It's now it sounds stupid. Um, but like he I mean, and it was. And he could do the thing with the hairband guys when he was singing. He played the electric guitar. And all the girls, oh, John. And he was seven years older than me. And so I was like, oh, John. I wanted to be like John. And so when John got good on a BMX bike and he jumped, he learned how to do tabletops. For those of you that don't know, you just Google it later. And so I wanted to be good on a BMX bike. And I wanted to do tabletops too. And have a scar <laughs> right in this area. That's because I wanted to be good on a BMX bike. It, but it was totally worth it. Totally worth it. Jesus didn't come to show us the son that we couldn't be. That's the amazing thing. It's such an amazing thing. Like there's no competition with him. He didn't come to condemn you and say, like, well, man, I'm the perfect kid. You suck. Sorry. No, what he did was he came. A literal perfect kid. (laughs) The literal perfect kid. And then wrote that programming of himself in the Spirit of God. And then filled you with it. So if you ever, the only way you can miss it is by not doing it through the Spirit. If you do it through the Spirit, you can never miss it. You will never fail, it says in 1 Peter, 2 Peter, chapter 1. It says if you do these things, you will never fall. There's a message you don't hear in church. In church, you get permission to screw up as much as possible. But God still loves you, you screw up. God doesn't, didn't, yes, God loved you as a screw up, but He didn't love you enough to leave you a screw up. And I, I, so many people miss this of the gospel. Jesus Christ did not come to modify your behaviors. He didn't come to be your self-help guru. He didn't come to show you the Hollywood version of what a kid's supposed to be. Jesus came to kill you. He was born to kill you. By taking you into Him and dying on a cross. You couldn't be fixed, (laughs) y'all. 
There was no fixing to you. You're not a building that if you put some paint on it, like everybody thinks, wow, it's been rehabbed. Let's flip it. No, the enemy does that to you to try to get you to not receive the gospel. The gospel is, there's no way to fix you. You're beyond broken. The only thing that's good for you is to go to the cross. <laughs> and don't try to get all think that that's what we're supposed to do. my cross time I'll back at it no <laughs> keep what's dead in the grave yeah. only allow the resurrected part the resurrected part is the spirit of Christ this I'm telling you Romans chapter 6 if you don't believe what I'm telling you go read Romans chapter 6 it's the, whole... the old man died there is no old man there's only a new man. That's all there is. And that new man is the nature and character of Christ. Amen. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. The world was already condemned, it says in the next verse. The natural state of... You... Selah. The natural state of humanity is condemned. Let me give you something that in today's world is worth about 160000 Maybe, no, it's about two twenty now. About $220,000, which is a master's degree in psychology from an Ivy League school. About $220,000. I'm going to tell you right now what's worth more than $220,000 for anybody that wants to have a psychology degree in an Ivy League school. Amen. The natural state of humanity is condemned. That's how they think. It's how they believe. It's how they view themselves. It's their self-image. You can paint it. You can put makeup on it. You can, you can put a bow on a pig, but a pig's a pig. That's the natural state of humanity. They were already condemned. And I'm, there might be some people in here and you've gone to school and you've gotten a bunch of psychology and it ego and super ego, but <laughs> um, God created the psyche. If you really want to understand the psyche, then you probably should talk to the one who created it. And he'll tell you. And right here he's telling us, the natural state of humanity is condemned. Jesus didn't come to show us condemned. We already knew that. In fact, it wouldn't take me very long to flip this message right now, and I could condemn everybody in the room. It 30 seconds, a minute, tops, because it's what folks gravitate to. The word condemned means unfit for use. If you condemn a building, it means it's unfit for use. The only thing you can do is tear it down and destroy it. And most people believe that. That really the only thing they're good for, this is why a lot of people's Christianity is like, please rapture. Please come Lord Jesus, come. Like right now. Because it's like I'm just barely hanging on to what I got, so please come Jesus and rescue me. Not knowing that you are 
a son of God. And you were left here on purpose to rule and reign over this planet. But because the, the majority of people think the best that they can do is be broken or a little bit less broken than complete destruction, it wouldn't take me long to just condemn everybody in the room. Because it's the natural gravitational way that we've been trained, that we have been literally programmed, not only by the world, but by our parents and by our teachers and by culture, that you are generally broken. And the best you can do is duct tape and bailing wire. And then one day at the very, very end, in the sweet by and by, then everything will be awesome. One, four, six says that Jesus Christ has come to save us from this present evil world. Jesus Christ didn't come to tell you that one day you get to leave this present evil world. Four, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us. Here's that word, deliver. Deliver us from this present evil world. If there is anything that's a part of the present evilness world that is affecting you, then you have not allowed Jesus to do what he came to do. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to show the world this salvation. And this is what he calls it. Back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world, gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes, whosoever, does anybody know what whosoever means? I know it's King James. You guys aren't convincing me about Do I need to explain whosoever? <laughs> okay. All right. You guys are picking up. Woo! <laughs> need to talk to your preacher. But about encouraging y'all. Whosoever. That that means anybody. Anybody. Anybody that believes. It doesn't say anybody that does. Well, when were you baptized? Did you get sprinkled when you were a kid? Did you go to Are you catechized? Anybody that believes. Beliefs. Well, why, God, why they get healed and I didn't? They have the exact same thing. The exact same thing I got. Why they get healed? We are not allowed in our society today to ever have any personal responsibility over anything. And so it's almost like I have to draw back before I finish what I'm about to say. But the reason that person is sitting in. The reason one person sitting right next to you can get healed of the exact same thing that you want is because they just believed it. They just believed it. Jesus didn't love them more. He loved whosoever. God is no respecter of persons. It says three times in the New Testament, God is no respecter of persons. If he's done it for anyone, he'll do it for you. Anyone that believes. And this is the battlefront. This is where the war exists. It's a battle over what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe in COVID-19? 
and it'll kill you. And somehow it goes through plexiglass and it gets you. And your cloth mask that you haven't washed in three months, that smells worse than an old pair of underwear, that's going to save you from the COVID. Not, I'm not picking on the mask. <laughs> the, I did, when they first came out with the mask mandate, I'm like, man, let me check this out because I want to be educated for my people. You know that the COVID, it's a virus. The size of the molecule of the COVID is two nano-somethings bigger than the size of a molecule of oxygen. Which means that if you're wearing a mask that can stop COVID, you're wearing a mask that can stop oxygen. (laughs) Okay, focus. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son... That anybody that believes in him will not perish. You know, perish is it was alive and it's dying. It was alive and it's dying. If anything degenerates in your life, the second law of thermodynamics is everything goes from a state of order to a state of disorder. It's the fact that there's no way the Big Bang could ever possibly exist because if you give the universe a billion years to fix itself, it actually gets worse. <laughs> because everything goes from a state of order to disorder. That's why you got lit in your pockets and your jeans. The perishing that is taking place he was a general and also a specific. Generally, humanity was perishing. And specifically, you were. And Jesus came to address that. He actually came to bring immortality to mortality. That'll mess with you. We'll move on. The opposite of perishing is everlasting life. Everlasting life. If I was to take a poll in a room and I said, hey, what's everlasting life? The majority of you would say, well, the funny thing is, is like, how do you get that? Other than some preacher telling you that. God bless him. It's not even close. There's not, it doesn't even mention heaven. <laughs> no. Everlasting means perpetual. Perpetual. Self-generating. This is something that the original Tesla was looking for. Was something that could self-generate energy. Because if we could take this thing and self-generate energy, and it was something that wouldn't blow up or kill anybody, and we could put it in everybody's house, energy would be free. So they probably killed him because he was getting close. Because <laughs> you know the energy companies are not okay with that. But that's what he was looking for. He was looking for perpetual, something that would self-generate And I'll tell you this, he got the idea from God. Because this is God. God is self-perpetuating. God doesn't like give you life and then he's like, oh man, I need a nap. (laughs) I mean, that guy, giving Scott some life, like took a lot out of me. (laughs) 
people think that. People think that when God created the universe, it says that he rested on the seventh day. They think like, man, he just made the universe. Like, he needs a vacation. No. The word rest there in Hebrew is like what an artist does when they lay down their brush. In other words, the, the, it could not be more perfect. And you set the brush down. One more stroke of the brush on the Mona Lisa would wreck it. It's the same thing that happens when a lawyer rests his case. It doesn't mean that he's so super tired and he's got worked out from the, that he needs to go take it. No, it means like, I've said what I need to say. That's it. Judge, make the judgment. I rest my case. Humanity was actually created to live in the eighth day. Forever. Perpetually to live in the eighth day. The Sabbath wasn't meant to be a day. The Sabbath was meant to be a life. And that life was exalted through Jesus Christ. And we are supposed to live the Sabbath every day. Live Christ every day. Live in that rest every day. Perpetual life. Everlasting life. Perpetual, self-regenerating every day. This is why the Bible says every day you wake up, move mercy. Every day you get more, more grace. Whenever you miss it, God dumps extra grace on it. Because there's a perpetualness with God. You know, your body regenerates itself. Every single cell regenerates itself at least once every seven years. And some of your cells regenerate themselves every seven minutes. You were literally created to regenerate, to be perpetual. Well, then why do people get old and die? Because they don't believe this. I'll move on because that's really deep and people don't want to go there. But have perpetual life. The word life in the Greek is zoe. Even know somebody named Zoe. Zoe actually means the God quality and quantity of life. It's the life that God has. When you say God is alive, you are saying God is Zoe. The life that God has, which he never has to sleep or slumber. If he needs something like a universe, he just says it. If he needs a Red Sea to get out of the way, just move. If you're in a boat and you're taking a nap and a storm comes up and tries to sink your boat, you just wake up and you say, Peace! (laughs) Peace. (laughs) And the storm says, Yes, sir. And then waves be still. Can you think about that? You know, you a wave takes however long to get across the body of water. And Jesus said, be still. And it was, bam. Which means every single wave in the Sea of Galilee all at once, exactly when he said it, went. How many problems you got in your life? The life of God himself, perpetually regenerating quality and quantity of life that God himself possesses, that issues 
you like a waterfall because it is a river of Zoe life. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, of Zoe water. You have so much being perpetuated in you, you can't even drink it all. It comes out of you like a river. Well, not me. That's for someone else. Whosoever. So here's where I want to drill down. One word here. So. For God, so. So. And I know you're thinking, like, worst sermon ever. Just hang on. So means exactly. It means this is the way. Kay and I uh, got, we renewed our, or she did it, renewed her Verizon something. Anyway, we were given for and we are not like super Disney. In fact, I personally hate Disney because they're demonic and they're trying to subversely get into your children and uh, and dump a bunch of demons on them. Um, but, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, so, the one thing that I liked on the Disney thing was the the little Yoda thing. What's it called? Well, look at all the Disney Plus fans. <laughs> so the Mandalorian thing. And the only reason I liked it was because I like, I'm, I'm old enough to actually remember the real Star Wars. Sorry, younger generation. There's actually a real Star Wars and kicked your guys' Star Wars butt. And they, it was based on the, um, the dynamic of the Force and the Jedi. And the reason I really like it is because it actually paints of what we are supposed to be as children of God. We have the force, perpetual life, and yet we look like regular people, and then you don't know until, like, we whip out the lightsaber, the light, the word of God, and then you do all kinds of awesome stuff. So anyway, I watched The Mandalorian. And The Mandalorian says, this is the way. He would do some really hard task. And people would be like, man, what? Do you, why you got to do it the hard way? This is the way. This is the way. That's exactly what so means. This is the way. This is the way. God expressed how greatly our love. Through Jesus. Not even just through Jesus being born, y'all. He died to express How greatly he loved. He didn't die for him. He didn't fail. There was no sin in him. The wages of sin is death. 
He had no sin. He was not paid in death. He never ever sinned. He died for mine. Steve Castle, in his selfishness, killed Jesus. This is the way. This is the way. If you are in anything in your life, this is the way. It's going to be through giving. Now, I know I just said one of those taboo words that you're not allowed in church because everybody thinks that the preachers only want your money. I will tell you that we've already done the offering, and I give up about your money. My father takes care of me. He's in charge of taking care of me. He's the only one I trust to take care of me. I used to trust that people in the church would take care of me. Yeah, we didn't eat for days. Because you can't trust Christians. You can trust Christ. And so we trust our Father to take care of us. That's actually what Jesus told us to do in Matthew chapter 6. So I don't want your money. I am not telling you this because I want your money. In fact, if you don't want to give your money, you better keep it. You are going to totally need it. Because you are trusting your money. The greatest expression of the God kind of love is giving. This is the way. This is the way. I will also tell you this. The lowest form of giving is stuff. I.e. money. That's the lowest form of giving. It is a form of giving. I'm not, I'm not negating it like it doesn't exist. But it's the lowest form of giving. I wish there was some guys that in our region that understood this because they think as long as they're providing for their family that they're being a good husband, they're being a good father, they're being, I bring home the bacon, right? You got to live and you got food on the table. What do you need? A Hallmark card every year. That's not love. And I a bunch of gals in the room are like yeah get them preacher (laughs) alright well let me flip it hey gals if you think that that poems and flowers let me say this when before Steve Castle (laughs) before Steve Castle was redeemed he was evil and you know how I got into other girls beds with by poems and flowers. It wasn't love. It was the farthest thing from love that you could do. Because I was taking and abusing people. That's not love. Love gives. For all the married couples. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. For all the married couples. If you're struggling in your intimacy... This is the way. Your sexual experiences together are going to be off the chart if you concentrate on giving instead of taking. 
On a sidebar, I'm going to do a marriage covenant weekend. I've threatened, ask the staff, I've like threatened forever. I'm like, one day I'm going to just stand up and preach on sex. And they're like, (laughs) so now I know I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to do it until we do the married, married couples retreat. We're going to do a married, married, married couples beloved weekend retreat in on February, I think. So if you're interested in having your marriage, um, it's not just going to be me talking about sex. It'll be Kay talking about it. <laughs> I promise. Now I'm interested. I'm signing. If you want to sign up, please let me know. There is nothing in your life that the love of God can't change or affect. Nothing. Nothing. Faith works by love. Galatians uh, chapter 5 verse 6 says circumcision doesn't avail anything, neither uncircumcision. But faith that works by love. Your faith does not work without love. And that that word is agape love. It's the God kind of love. Your faith does not work without this. This is the way. This is the way. For those of you that are like, man, I... I'm believing God for the thing with the stuff. You are going to actually possess it. All the time when we're going on mission trips, I do multiple classes with the people that are going on mission trips. I said, you want to go somewhere and you want to lay hands on the sick and have like a 1% return? And see everybody healed every time you lay hands on them? And they're all like, yeah, what's the formula? What's the trick? You guys ready? Like, this is secret. I don't know. I might want to shut off the camera because, you know, maybe I should charge for this information, intellectual property or something. (laughs) How you 100% of the time release love. through some stuff because a gal and you're laying hands on a guy and you had some experience when you were a little girl and you have problems with guys and so you your love for them is going to be filtered through your experience or through whatever happened or maybe they got the wrong color hair maybe they're not dressed right you know because you think that people have to be dressed right to receive the power of God maybe you're not dressed right right you can't lay hands on a sick if you're in sweats you got to be in a three-piece suit Maybe uh, maybe you've got a problem with black people or white people or oriental people or Latin people and you just can't love, love, love them. You can kind of love them. This is why you, you realize this is why racism is wheels off in our world right now. It's because racism stops love. Because you just look at someone and you don't love. You can't because there's something better or worse about them. And so if you get stopped by the skin, uh, and I'll be, I'll be, let me be really super transparent. <laughs> oh, there I go. <laughs> I say stuff like that and I'm like, yeah, and I'm rolling at it and then I'm like, whoa, are you about to do this? 
um, some island world country. Um, we were in some villages way out literally nowhere. And these villages are they're they're hard to describe, they're so terrible. Their walls are built out of manure mixed with mud, and then they have thatch roofs, and there's no water, so they gotta figure that out. There's obviously no sewer. So the sewer is a little groove that flows past every single house. So every house you walk into, you step over the sewer to go into the house. It's at the front door because that's where people, they come out, they relieve themselves, they go back to their mud hut. And I was, I was in this mud hut and I was ministering to this young lady healed she had a problem in her uh in her eyes she couldn't see right and so she got healed outside that's what it was i'm catching up she was outside we were having a little group there was like five or six of them we ministered to them and her eyes started seeing she obviously got nutso and grabbed me (laughs) and drugged me to her hut where her child was on the bed dying. And she, in whatever language, had like one interpreter, like four of us. And so I just, this is one of the reasons that you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. Because when you listen to people speaking in other tongues, you're, you're not thrown off by the fact someone using a different language. You just like pick up on it. Right. I mean, if you see a kid laying on the bed and, and they point and they say something in some other language, you pretty much figure out what's going on. And so I'm like, okay, no problem. Jesus does that. So I go lay hands on the little girl, and she wakes up and opens up her eyes, and then she smiles at me, and her fever goes away, and she gets up, and mom and little girl hug each other. And while they're hugging each other, mom is screaming, and I didn't realize it until afterwards, but she's screaming for her mom. So there's three generations that live in a mud hut that's smaller than half this stage. Three generations of family live in this little mud hut. And mom comes out. And mom is literally, biblically, the woman bent over. Her spine literally does a question mark. She looks like a walking question mark. She's like 80 years old. And she comes out and has to look at you. And she comes out, and I was like, okay. And she looked at me, and half of her face was slid off hanging. I don't know, for you medical people, I don't know if it's a medical condition or if it was just unique to her. She had an eye and an eye. She had her half a nose and half a nose. Half her mouth and half her mouth. (laughs) And I seen her, and I'd love to tell you, super spiritual Steve Castle with the power of God said, Yes! I am here to save the day. I looked at that, and I was like, Oh, Lord. (laughs) Oh, Lord. And the daughter, like, 
takes, she grabs my hand and she puts it on mom's back. And I'm obviously aware of what's trying to happen here. And so I just like, I close my eyes. Sometimes closing your eyes is helpful. So I just closed my eyes and I just started declaring. She put my hands on her back and so I'm like, well, we'll just tackle the back thing. Because that face thing. So I am, am just declaring and proclaiming over this back. And I'm just loving this old woman. She's probably, who knows when the last time she's ever physically been touched by human hands. You don't realize this, but in a lot of other cultures, like sick people are, they're on purpose ostracized. Like if you're sick, there's just something it's the unclean. When you read about uh, leprous women, leprous people in the Bible, there's this thing like you just assume that they're a bad person, terrible person, evil person, sinful person, and so being sick pushes you off into the. It condemns you. You're condemned. You're a special kind of condemned. And so I was just releasing the love of God, and I'm like, I am sure that this gal has not had the love of God radiate from hands to her physical. And so I was just concentrating on releasing the love of God and really wasn't even paying a ton of attention. And then there was like this scream, this blood-curdling scream. And I like looked up, and the gal, the old woman, is standing straight up in front of me. She's got her hands up, and she is praising God. I assume she's praising God. She stood straight up, like her back straightened up, and I didn't, I don't know what happened. All I know is she was a question mark, I was praying, went into the spirit, and a scream, and she's standing straight up. And she is worshiping God, and I'm like, praise God. And then I remembered, like, what about the face? So I went, and I, I leaned out the door, and I screamed for the translator. I'm like, hey, come help. And his name was B. I'm like, B, please come help. And so B came over. And he, he's like, and B's a really fun, happy, like, awesome guy. And, and he comes in and he's all excited. I mean, he's seen probably a hundred miracles this day. Like, he is like having the day of his life. Like, what? And he comes in the door and he pops in. And he's like, whoa. And I wanted to say, I didn't, I wanted to say to him, well, you should have seen her before. (laughs) But he's like, whoa. And I'm like, I'm like, ask the gal, the daughter, the middle daughter, what, like, how is everything? And so her and B, the middle daughter and B talk for, I don't know, five minutes. And B turns around and he goes, oh my God, she is so, uh, uh, so blessed and so amazed by everything that just happened in here. Da, 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 da. She wants us to go down to so-and-so's place. The gal didn't ask for the face. I was like rescued. Because <laughs> I, I wasn't there. I couldn't get past what I seen. I couldn't get past it. I'm telling you, I'm being as transparent as I know to be. Like, I could not get past it. If she would have asked me to do it, I I didn't have I've seen a little girl, probably, I don't know, raised from the dead, 
the mom who couldn't see, I don't know if she was fully blind or almost blind, so I seen mom who was blind, little girl who was almost dead, and grandma who was bowed over like a question mark, I seen all that happen in 10 minutes, and I could not believe for the face. And before you go condemning me, how many things do we look at? How do you think about God's prosperity towards you when you look at your check register at the end of the month and you're balancing it? Do you feel like you're prospering the way God wants you to prosper? Why not? Because of what you see. If I said, hey, the Lord just talked to me and he said, I, want, I need you to write a $2,000 check to the building fund. Would you go, Ooh! or would you say, well, it's only money. And I'm not asking, if you write a $2,000 check, me and you are going to have a talk. This is not about that. What I'm saying is, is that this is the way. This is the way for your finances. This is the way for your health. This is the way for your soul. This is the way for your emotions. This is the way. For God so loved that he gave. Love gives. If it's love, it gives. If it's love, it gives. Many of you remember that I said that a couple of years ago, six or seven years ago. Um, I told the whole congregation, you will not go... Uh, do not say I love you for one week to anyone. And Larry was one of the ones, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> and uh, the, the test was at the end of that week, if people think that you love them less, then you were partially or fully a hypocrite. Because if your love is your words, then it's not God's love. And if you stop with the words and someone thinks that you love them less, then it definitely wasn't God's kind of love. It really wasn't. If Kay is not speaking to me, that doesn't mean it's the silent treatment. It means maybe she's meditative. Why do we always go to the negative? Why do we, like Jesus said, why do we always, like the world just stands condemned? We're all condemned. And so, well, my wife's not talking to me, so she's obviously mad at me, and she hates me, and she thinks I smell bad. Or she's being meditative, and the Lord is literally revealing to her a way to bless me. Why can't I think that? Because it's probably more true. It's probably more true. If it's really God's love, it gives. Stacy, where's Stacy? Stacy um, has, it's amazing, she's allowed me to speak into her life on a regular basis to, to be discipled. And she learned this like years ago, that when people tell me that they love me. It's not, I, maybe it's just me, maybe I need to get over it. But it's just something about me, like that just, Take the plasticness, like, Pastor, that's the best sermon ever, man. And so I am going to be completely committed to this church forever. I will never see him again. 
I'm just being honest. Like, don't say it, please, because then it just damns it. <laughs> I'd rather for folks to just get here and and be prayed up and be ready to receive. I don't care if you if you tell me if it impacts you. God bless you. I mean, you can. I'm not fussing at nobody. I'm just saying, like, this is what honors me. That heart in that chair, ready to receive. Open, humble, willing to repent over something that ain't quite right. I call it honor. To me, honor is 10,000 times more expressive of love than you saying I love you. Because anybody can tell me they love me. I've been told I was lo- I, someone loved me while they were beating me before. Physically beating me. And being told by that person that they love me. All the gals in the room, have you ever had a guy tell you that they loved you? And they probably didn't. That's not the way. Love gives. This is the way. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 8 says that, actually start in 7, okay, 8 is fine. I speak. I love you. I speak not by commandment, but by, okay, back up, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's good though, do you see how like, he was like, I'm there, pastor. Therefore, as you abound in everything, Anybody know what everything means in the Greek? Everything. In faith. It's kind of cool that faith is the first thing after everything. Because you can get everything through faith. In faith. In utterance. That's the way that you communicate. In knowledge. Does anybody wish they had a little bit more knowledge and wisdom about things going on in their life? Hey, you can abound, you can abound right here. In knowledge and in all diligence. No, nobody amen. You see how nobody like, diligence, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's go back to the wisdom thing. And in your love to us. See that you abound in this grace also. You know what this is saying? All of these things come to you and through you by grace. You don't get smarter because you read more books. Now, this is going to mess with all the intellectuals. All the know-it-alls are really mad at me right now. And I, I just read it. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. You can prove the sincerity of your love. This chapter, the chapter before and the chapter after, three chapters, all three of them deal with an offering, a physical financial offering. What's amazing is if you look up in the New Testament, all the places in the New Testament where it says prove, love, this is the only two places in all the New Testament. Is this verse and verse 24. Therefore show ye to them and before the churches the proof. How? By an offering.
Listen, I am not, did you all hear me when I said I'm not taking another offering? We're not passing the bucket. This isn't about your money. I don't care about your money. If you care, then you care. But this is not about your, your money. I am talking about the agape love of God is not words. It's not a Hallmark card. It might not even be flowers and candy. Trillions of dollars in this world are spent on gifts from people who are just trying to manipulate people. And the amazing thing is, it works. God doesn't want your wallet. He wants your heart. If you get your heart, your wallet comes with it. You want your wallet to be looking like God's wallet? Anybody ever thought about that? Anybody ever imagined? Anybody ever used their imagination and imagined what God's wallet was like? Am I carnal? Because I, I have. No, nobody's going to blast me now because I did the imagination. I can imagine God's wallet. It wasn't. A planet or a million of them that are made from that are titanium and platinum and stuff. They know that they literally had an asteroid go by, I think a couple of years ago, that they thought that the asteroid was literally a solid diamond. An asteroid, like, I don't know how big. A diamond that big. You think, God, okay, you do know that gold is yellow metal. Whoop-dee-doo. We're the ones that make a big deal out of it. I just read today that there's some uh, purse, a Burkitt, huh? What? Burkitt. You can teach any old dog a new trick. There's a Burkitt purse that the average of these purses are like 50 grand for a purse, y'all. A thing to put in. (laughs) Are Are you for real? But that... Whatever thing you think is extravagant, you know, like God, His extravagance goes beyond your imagination, beyond what you can think. Luke chapter 7, verse 47. I'm going to finish here. I know y'all are. Some folks like this. Some folks love it. Some folks don't know what to do with it. Get a copy of it afterwards and go back through it. This is the way. This is the way. If it's agape, if it's God's kind of love, this is the way. There was a woman who was commonly known as a prostitute. All the theologians think that she was like kind of the whore of the town. I know that might be offensive to you, but I didn't say it to you. I said it about her. She's not offended. She's forgiven. And she busted into a meeting that Jesus was having with all the cool kids. He was at the popular guy's house with all the popular people. I could really see Jesus in there kind of have roll in his eyes like, And she busts in unannounced, uninvited. And I'm going to set the stage. I'm just going to tell you the way that I've got it. I could literally see her 
still smelling from the stench of the guy that she was just with. Still filthy in the leftovers of what she just did. Unclean in every way you could be unclean. She just prostituted her body to some filthy, stinking, sick, greasy, for a little bit of money. Feed a kid. Keep herself from being homeless. Who knows why? And she busts in to a place that she's not allowed to be with a group of people that she's not allowed to be around, still smelling and maybe even still has the yuck on her and comes to the feet of Jesus. And gives him her tears. And Jesus probably turns and looks at all the hypocrites that have given him all the plastic honor. Oh, Master. You're such the most awesome guy in the room. We super appreciate you. We love you. We adore you. We're so thankful for you, knowing that they're probably making plans to kill him later for 30 pieces of silver. You're just my favorite guy ever. Looks at these guys. I can see the piercing. Of the reality. You know, when agape is in the room, it's thick. There's some of it in here right now. It's thick. And it pierces. And it goes through the fake. And it drills down into the genuine. And I can see him looking at all these hypocrites and all these mouthers of love. And turn. Look at this woman. Who in my opinion is probably now literally dripping. With the glory of God. The acceptance of God. The love of God. And says her sins. Which were many. Are gone. Because she loved much. This is the way. This is the way. If you have a problem bringing offerings to Jesus, then you haven't met the Jesus that this woman met. If you have a problem expressing your love to Jesus in worship, you haven't met this Jesus. If you have a problem with serving people in your life, serving your church, serving your community, you haven't met this Jesus. This kind of love is not a sacrificial love. This kind of love flows from gratitude and thankfulness.
perpetually. Song of Solomon says that this kind of love cannot be quenched by water. There is nothing that can satisfy this kind of water. If you try to buy this kind of love, everything you try to give to get this love is utterly contempt. Utterly contempt. You can't buy this. You can't earn it. You can't do enough for God to make Him say, Wow, I should really love you. This is whosoever, because God so loved. This is the way. And unless you're willing to receive it by grace, that has nothing to do with how pretty you are, how awesome you are, how wealthy or poor you are, how sickly or healthy you are, what color you are, how tall, how short, how fat or thin, unless you're willing to receive an unmerited favor, the love of God that comes from the Father who adores you, not because you're lovely, but because He is loved. Unless you're willing to receive it that way and let Him gift these things to you, it's the way. But this is the way. And it goes beyond what you can ask or think. You will never understand the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height. Because it goes beyond knowledge. You can only let the Father lavish on you. Weeping and washing the Master's feet. And drying them with your hair. While everyone in the room stares and you don't give a rip. This is the way. I'd like to pray for you. In this room, folks are going to be healed. Folks are going to be set free and delivered from things from before. If you haven't met this Jesus, today is your day. If this grace hasn't flowed down over you, today is your day. This is the way. I invite you to receive in humility without giving a rip who's in the room, who's looking at you, and what they think about the way you're presenting your offering. All right, please rise. I'm going to bless you. Thank you so much for sharing a few minutes with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of His precious, life-changing Word. If you would like to learn more about the ministry of Pastor Steve Castle and Beloved Church, please visit us online at BelovedChurchIllinois.com or call us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are part of the Beloved Family of God, and Beloved Church is a place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. Beloved, you who are greatly loved by the Father, I pray, I desire above all things that you prosper and you experience divine health. 
to the degree that you allow that to saturate and prosper your soul. I pray that you receive these words and they change every aspect of your life. I love you. I'll see you again soon.